Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, August 15th, 2013. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter 5, How It Works, and we are on page 63 today. We're going to be uh, starting with the discussion of the third paragraph on that page. We found it very desirable. The share code for yesterday, which was Wednesday, August 14th, is 4951. That's 4951. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'd like to now ask Diane to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane from New Hampshire, a compulsive overeater. Twelve steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact natures of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove all to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you, my dear Diane. And now, Sharon, if you would please read the 12 traditions. Yes, good morning, and thank you to everyone on the line. This is Sharon, compulsive overeater in Colorado. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, as problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, 
Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. And 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. And eight, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Ms. Sharon from Colorado. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share. Share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in Chapter 5, How It Works, and we are on page 63 this morning. We had a wonderful discussion yesterday of uh, the Step 3 prayer, and we're going to read that this morning and then the next paragraph after that and begin sharing on that paragraph. We found it very desirable. And this morning, Kathy Kay will get us started. Thank you, Janice. Uh, This is Kathy Kay from Boston, a recovered compulsive overeater. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thy wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help, of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. We found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person, such as our wife, best friend, or spiritual advisor. But it is better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. The wording was, of course, quite optional, so long as we expressed the idea, voicing it without reservation. This was only a beginning, though if honestly and humbly made, an effect sometimes a very great one was felt at once. So um, I'd like to comment on this. One of the uh, themes I heard yesterday at the meeting was how many of us find it necessary to take step three um, many times during our day. Um, as a way to ensure that we are still um, in a position of humility, um, seeking God's will for us. Um, I know for me, it still uh, is all too easy for me to um, take back my will, and the step three, third step prayer really helps me to remember who's in charge. 
Um, and this first sentence about it's desirable to take this step with an understanding person, uh, sometimes a spiritual advisor is the one that I turn to, my big book study sponsor, um, sat with me to take the third step prayer um, after we had read um, in the big book, uh, through page, I forget the page number at this point, six, well, whatever. Um, and um, uh, it had so much more meaning to me when I held her hands um, on my knees uh, although I had said the third step prayer many times before that, all of a sudden I started to feel um, the implications of this prayer in my heart. Um, and uh, she also suggested that I uh, write the third step prayer. Every time I sat down to work on my fourth step, which I began shortly thereafter, and um, that, too, uh, came to be a regular part of my daily routine. Um, and uh, today, if I somehow skimp over this act, my day doesn't go as well. I am not as well connected with my higher power as I need to be in order to live in recovery. Um the third step prayer continues to deepen in its meaning for me. Um, and there are times when I will suggest with my sponsees that we read it together or with a fellow traveler if either of us um, is feeling the need for a stronger connection with our higher power. With that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph, beginning with, we found it very desirable? Rose? Go ahead, Rose. Good morning, Janice. Thank you so much. This is Rose, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader in New York. Uh, brief comment on um, the that last sentence. This was only a beginning. And... Um, just adding on to what, what Kathy said, um, much of what she shared was my own experience also in taking my first third step with my sponsor on my knees. But that one, this one phrase, this was only a beginning, is a statement for me, for my experience with such magnitude, that the beginning there, as it goes on to say, though if honestly and humbly made, in effect, Sometimes a very great one was felt at once. And um, I didn't feel a great effect at the time I took it. It was a very deep commitment that I made with my sponsor when I took the third step. But um, that phrase, this was only beginning here, it's um, a year and a quarter since I did take that third step. Um the beginning, it, it's it's just that phrase is saying so much, I can't even begin to put into words what a beginning it was when I took it as to where the third step, uh, the prayer and the third step itself is in my life today. It's a gift from God that has opened a door, like it says in the 12 and 12, the key to keeping that door open is willingness. And I feel God gifted me with that. And one day at a time, as I do the third step, it continues. Thank you so much. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rose. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. So we found it very desirable to take this spiritual step, to take this spiritual step. You know, I, I love that here, right here in the big book, right after reading this third step prayer, we're getting some idea about what it really means for me to take this step, to take this step. You know, if, if I have discovered by the chapters we've been reading and studying that I am indeed a compulsive overeater, then I know that I'm powerless. 
I know that my life's been unmanageable. I know that I need this greater power. I know that self-will has been what I've been trying to run my life on, and I know I'm going to need to tap into this power. And how is that going to happen? You know, how is that going to happen? Well, I'm going to have to take some new and different directions than the old directions. You know, if, if, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there, we hear on this line. But here is a direction that I'm going to take because there's a road that I know is going to get me somewhere. You know, and it's a commitment. It's a commitment. And so to say it out loud, to take this commitment out loud with someone else is to become accountable, is to say, here I am and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to surrender myself to this process. I'm going to abandon myself utterly, complete abandon to this higher power. And and I'm going to learn to trust, rely, and depend upon this power. You know, but I'm going to have to learn how to do that. It's going to be a process. And here I am in the process. So these first 100 recovered alcoholics who penned this volume, they knew from their experience that it was very desirable to take this step with someone, to have a witness to what I'm going to do. To, to be accountable, to say, sign me up. I'm willing today to turn my life and my will over to the care of God. And I'm just beginning to see that what it's going to do for me, it's going to relieve me of the bondage of self. You know, and I'm, I'm so grateful that, that they tell me that it's a good idea to do it without reservation. You know, and, and I might be filled with fear yet. I might still be unable to see exactly what this process is going to look like for me. And that was part of my problem. I always wanted to know before I took the step exactly what was going to happen. I I like to have it all laid out ahead of me so that I knew. But here I'm going to have to go on some blind faith. But there are people standing in front of me, their eyes shining, obviously recovered. They have something that I want. And why would I not follow what they had done and see where it, what happens for me? You know, it was only a beginning to make this commitment to become accountable, but it was a great beginning because it certainly was better than anything I've been able to do thus far. Certainly better than anything I've been able to do by my own self-will. And though it's honestly and humbly made, it said, a great beginning could be felt at once. That idea that I was embarking on something new and something filled with possibility. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? It's Irini. This is Leah. Irini and then Leah. And then who is the third person? Leanne. Leanne. Okay. Irini, Leah, and Leah. Go ahead, Irini. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. So I took this prayer, I said this prayer on my knees, um, just like the first 100 recovered men and women did at a fa- at my face-to-face group meeting. And here I was, I was committing myself. You know, I had witnesses, and I became accountable to, to my commitment. So at this point, you know, I needed some hope. I needed to feel comfort from somewhere besides the food. The food was already down, and now I needed to reach for another power that I can serve and that would give me the same results as the food did, but even more, much more. So up to this point, I had spiritual dryness. And this whole program, this whole journey is about spirituality, This is the spiritual step that I took in refocusing from self to God. So I was armed with willingness and honesty and ready to move forward. So it didn't matter whether, you know, I understood it or not. What mattered was I already came to a conclusion that I was powerless, that I needed a power, and that I made a decision to move forward and to start a process 
a series of steps to change, to redefine myself, to reshape me, to make an internal makeover, to change my thoughts, my attitudes, and the way I was living, which was from darkness, you know, to find the light of the spirit, to grow from spiritual dryness for so long that I was so thirsty for something, something that can fill me, that can satisfy me, something to quench my thirst. I had a desire to take this spiritual step to meet God, and the promise will be delivered to me that I would feel the presence of God. And this was just my beginning, and today I am deeply rooted in the presence of God. I thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irini and Leah. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Just wanted to reassure everybody. You know, every after every step, uh, there are some promises that are offered after the, its completion. So, uh, you know, this this last sentence here is the promise of the third step. This is only a beginning, though if honestly and humbly made, an effect, sometimes a very great one, was felt at once. That's that is. The only promise of step three, remember, step three, however powerful it might be, is it's a decision. You know, it represents a link between understanding uh, what the problem is and, and taking action upon the solution. Because understanding isn't enough. You have to act on the understanding. And to act, you first have to decide to act. So this is a decision. The very inspirational uh Elements that we read in the previous two paragraphs, such as uh, in the first paragraph on that page, as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. Those are not promises of step three. Those are promises of the program of recovery. Those are promises after we have begun embarking on the program of recovery, the action steps four through nine. The statements that are made during the prayer, such as, relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy will of life. Again, those are the rewards after uh, implementing the action steps. So, you know, just so that people don't get uh, discouraged, you know, if they're not feeling, uh, you know, tremendous wind beneath their wings uh, upon this this prayer. Yes, it's powerful. Yes, it's important to make this decision. Uh, because we're no longer an active slave to the food, right? But yet, you know, enslavement still threatens. There, There is work involved. Step three involves making a decision. We're making a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understood stand him. Um, how that is how that is conducted is through the steps four through nine. The first action step, the first action step is step four. Step one is a conclusion of the mind. Step two, a conclusion of the mind. Step three, a decision to embark on the action step. Steps four through nine, first action step, step four. Those are the actions necessary to carry this decision that we're making out. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. And Leanne. Hi, I'm Leanne from Florida, recovering compulsive overeater. And I remember um, doing this step, you know, to show that sponsoring over the phone really can work because my sponsor, you know, was taking me through this over the phone and she had me go in a dark room and light a candle and we kneeled down in front of the candle together, you know, her on the other line in a completely different part of the country. And we said the prayer. And, and um, what happened with me was like she she stressed that this was a promise that I was making to God to finish this work and to, and to carry it on to somebody else. That was the promise I was making to God. And it made me, the, 
the effect it had on me was like, oh my gosh, now I'm respon. Oh my gosh, I'm responsible now. This is my per- This is my work. This is the work I have to do. And it really stuck with me. You know, there was a lot of distractions that happened after I I did this. But that indelible mark of me in a dark room staring into that candle, making that promise really, really stuck with me. And I was very, very determined to um, to finish this work because I, uh, you know, I'm not, I was never good at keeping promises. I was just a very flighty, you know, never kept my word person. But um, this was so different now that the food had been down for quite a while before I even got here. It was so, um, I was used to learning how to keep my word. And this really meant so much to me. Until today, I just remember that candle, the dark room, the promise, and the feeling of um, being, you know, responsible. And this is my direction and my purpose above all else. Because who else, um, who else was battered by such a, you know, horrible disease, and is, you know, hopefully going to be climbing their way out of it. That was the hope, also. Um, so yeah, sponsoring over the phone really can work. I would love to have someone face-to-face, hand-to-hand, but, um, you know, most of my recovery has been over the phone, thank God, and um, I just wanted to share that indelible mark that's still on me. So thanks, I pass. Thank you, Leanne. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula, may I share? I heard Lois and then Paula. Thank you, Janice. Yeah, this is Lois, a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. And um, I would just love to uh, share my experience regarding where we are in this, how it works in the step third, step three prayer. Um, I am, I'm a very grateful recovered compulsive overeater this morning, and I can say that with my heart and feel it with my heart. And when I think back to, you know, when I was trying to... Um, become abstinent and trying to stop the madness, you know. Um, I was still fighting the food, and and I, I heard this message. I read this, and I heard it. I heard it at face-to-face meeting, and I also heard it on the telephone meeting. And and I I was willing to do what anybody said. So I was willing to um, fake it. Till, this is what I did. I faked it till I made it, and I kept faking it and faking it, and... And um, I said it, you know, when I listened to it this morning and, and I know my experience today, I was incapable of, um, I was just an incapable, sick and suffering compulsive overeater. And I used to say it, like I said, the Pledge of Allegiance. You know, I, I, had, no, I had no capacity to understand it and to take it in. And, and I, uh, I was, you know, I went forward with that. I'd say that in the morning, and then I would not not think about it the rest of the day. And I I used to, then I had a lot of guilt because I felt like I was insincere. Here I am being insincere to God. And, you know, I would be tortured back and forth. So I was still very deeply into my disease. And and I had to just keep coming until, um, until my journey took me, you know, to the big book step study and and a sponsor who could, who could lead me through that. And, and like it was mentioned this morning, that this was really just a decision, you know. And, and I, I, I was willing to make that decision. And I had to keep hurting until I was really ready, you know, to, to believe, you know, that I did not have this power. And please, God, help me. Show me how, what to do. I don't even know how to say the prayer, but hear my plea, you know, hear my prayer and my sincerity. And and that that did work for me. So it was an attempt. It was a willingness, like the book says, just an open, just open my my mind and my heart a little bit. And 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 I was able to bridge that and to begin to do the fourth step. I had done many of them before, but I did them with my, you know, I was I did them on my own, and am I with my obsession of the mind and my distorted thinking. So you know, it wasn't until you know. I'm still practicing this today, you know, two years, three years later. I'm working on my recovery, and God is leading me deeper and deeper into the honesty and 
and the width of my recovery. And I truly, you know, was able to have, you know, he allowed me to see what my difficulties were and how I was responsible. And it was only then, after doing the work of four through nine, that I was able to receive, you know, the gift of recovery and and open my heart to understand how I was, you know, at fault. And I was able to, you know, be of help and service to him and the others around me. And for that, I am very, very grateful. And I just want to encourage others, if, if they don't, you know, feel this, you know, wonderful um, enlightenment right away. I didn't do that. I didn't do that for, I'm, I'm still, it came in degrees for me. And I wanted to, I wanted to recover. I wanted to feel better. You know, it wasn't that, you know, to be very honest with you, it wasn't that I really wanted to be a saint. I didn't. I just wanted to look good and feel good. And it wasn't until I was led, you know, through this, through this path of recovery that I had no clue what was going to happen to me. And I truly, in my heart today, you know, I'm a changed person, and I do wish to be of service to others. It's, and, and, to ha- you know, and God did remove my, my selfishness and my desire just to look and feel good. You know, to me, I, I, I have a, a, a piece of heart that I really want to be of service to God and others. And I encourage you to um, hang in there, take that leap of faith, and... Um, just keep coming. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lois. And go ahead, Paula. Thank you, Janice. Thank you for your service. And this would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I'm going to scoot on down to the last couple of sentences. The wording was, of course, quite optional, so long as we expressed the idea. Voicing it without reservation. I'm going to stop here just for a moment. Without reservation. You see, I always held something back. I wanted to believe and I wanted to live all these beautiful sentences. Could that possibly be, though, relieve the bondage of self when I was still holding on and gripping self so tightly? But I kept reading that. Could it be for me? And then, without reservation. If I was to make the decision, it couldn't be any part of me. It must be God because I tried it with me alone. It didn't work. But then it says, this was only a beginning. Oh, sigh of relief. This was only a beginning. But what a beginning. A decision was made, and that is what I would build on. That is what I would go forward with. Though if honestly, now come come again, honestly, no reservations, and humbly, I can't. I can't do it. Their humility made, in effect, sometimes, now it did use the word sometimes, a very great one was felt at once. Maybe not all the times. Something, though, was felt, and it was a beginning. I knew there was much work to be done, but no work would be done without a beginning. It would be going round and round in that circle, and finally, finally, I jumped off that merry-go-round. And I grasped on, and I held on with that decision. And thus, I went forward. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to comment before we move on? This is Penny C. Marjorie? I heard Penny C. And Marjorie, and was there one other person? Sharon. 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 Okay, Penny, Penny, Marjorie, and Sharon. Okay, Go good ahead, morning, Penny. everybody. It's Penny C. from Massachusetts, a recovered compulsive overeater. The the phrase I'm looking at was the wording was, of course, was quite optional. And that's that's really jumping out at me this morning because I'm just remembering how on several occasions over the years, I've had people whom I say, whenever I've had a sponsor, a sponsee rather, and to this day, we end the prayer or we say sometimes, sometimes at the beginning, most of the time at the end of our conversation, we say the third step prayer. I've had so many people resist the wording 
it doesn't it doesn't flow for them at the end where it says of thy power thy thy love and thy way of life it just doesn't seem to to be the way they they would speak it in their own language and their own way of speaking and and on on at least two occasions i suggested that all right go ahead what do you want to say and let's see if it expresses the ideas in the way the prayer is written above. And for the first time this morning, you know, I see that Bill W. is saying that. You know, you don't have to say the words we ju- exactly the way we just wrote them. You can, you can use your own words. But just remember that it's important that you realize and understand the ideas encompassed in the way the prayer is laid out right there in the previous paragraph. And and so I just love the idea that in in, in this whole book, you know, it's it people who wrote it, the first one hundred and Bill in particular, realize that not everybody uses the same words to express the same ideas. And it's okay. It's okay. We we're not taught to say anything wrote. We just need to know that the idea, the the commitment is what's important. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Penny. And go ahead, Marjorie. This is Marjorie. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Building upon what's in the book and what has already been shared, I found that Over the years, the words began to sound like a recipe. They began to sound like something that my heart was no longer connecting with. And that brought me to a deeper level of looking at what was going on inside of me when I was saying the third step prayer, repeating it. It it wasn't just the first time that I felt this, but over the years, redoing that step as I, as I go through the steps each day. And I found that it was important for me to look at what my heart was feeling and look at where my mind was at. So there were three levels that began to be clear to me over time. There were the words, there was the feeling in my heart, and there were my thoughts. And all three of them, over time, have been able to come to the third step prayer. It didn't matter that in the beginning all I was saying was the words. Over time, the other two parts came along. Thanks for listening. I pass. Thank you, Marjorie. And go ahead, Sharon. This is Sharon. I am a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Janice. And It's wonderful to be on the line. But it is better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. Here we have a bit of a warning, and Bill sprinkles these throughout the text. These are little statements that caution us, uh, things that we have to look out for, little pitfalls so that we don't get into trouble. But it is better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. And he's saying that, you know, we have a precious gift here. This is a gift, this gift of recovery. And it's to be cherished and protected. It's not something that you just, that other people might under mis, might understand. Some people don't understand it. Some people in our religious communities and our families just don't understand what we have here in this recovery. I'm reminded of page 17 where it says, the feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement that binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out 
on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. So there's many people that will not understand, cannot understand our solution and why we have to go to the lengths that we must in order to recover because they don't have the problem. They don't have the, they don't understand. There are some that do that don't have the problem and they understand, but we have to be careful because not everyone is going to be as excited and joyous about the solution that we found as we are. And they're going to think that uh, perhaps this is over the top. Why do you have to go to that length? Why not push back from the table? Why not exercise the more willpower? Why not uh, just exercise more? Why not? They'll have all sorts of other ways of looking at this. That's because they haven't gone to the extremes that we have with food. They don't understand why we have to do this, that we have a disease, a physical disease, we have, and we have an, a mental obsession. These are hard concepts to understand unless you too have suffered the way we have or unless you're close to that suffering like Dr. Silkworth was. So be very careful, we're told here, on who we share uh, this step with, least they misunderstand. And with that, I pass. Mm, thank you so much, Sharon. Anyone else before we move on? Rebecca? Go ahead, Rebecca. Good morning. This is Rebecca, a recovered compulsive overeater. And I so appreciate Paula mentioning that line about um, rewording it because um, I wanted to share that I was one of those people. I wasn't Paula Sponsi, but I was one of those people who um, took that sentence to heart that um, we could word it our own way. And in my case, I'm not speaking for anyone else who's done that, I see now that that was an act of defiance that without realizing it because I just didn't understand how deep my disease was, I was running the show and nothing was ever good enough the way it was written. I had to wordsmith it so that it meant something to me because I could do better than what it said in the book for myself. And today um, I embraced the prayer exactly as it's written and um it's it's my honor to be able to say it the way it was written in the book and with that I'll pass. Thank you very much Rebecca. Well, let's move on to the next paragraph and Katie, could you read that for us? Good morning, this is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action the first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us had never attempted. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and to be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. Um, and this, you know, taking a four-step is a very scary thing. You know, I had so many things that I thought I would never, ever tell anybody. And, but I found that once I did that and shared it with another person, and then they shared, you know, mostly shaking their head in agreement that they had done the same or similar things, it, uh, the reward of my honesty was so much greater than the pain of keeping all that stuff inside. And I, you know, but as has been shared from the previous paragraph about, you know, being careful who we share that with. You know, I, I don't share my deepest secrets. When I make a mistake today, I don't, you know, share it with um, someone who wouldn't understand. And 
you know, I've learned to um, not to share things with someone who will, uh, you know, just poo-poo it and say, oh, what's the big deal? But with someone who um, who's on, on this path with me, who will understand that we are human, we make mistakes, and will help me to figure out my next course of action. So I am, um, this is telling us that, you know, the first thing we need to do is to start writing out an inventory, and we will continue um, learning how to do that as we progress. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, next, we launched on a course of vigorous action. And I've always had this image in my head. You know, I don't know if you've ever uh, seen a film or seen a ship be launched. You know, they crack a bottle of champagne against the side of the ship, and it begins moving, and there's no stopping it. There's no stopping it. It is launched. And I love that Bill W. used that word here, that we are launched into a course of vigorous action. And, you know, willingness to do this, willingness to take this step, it's huge and absolutely necessary. Because up until now, the conclusions that we've been drawing in our mind haven't led us to any real hard work as far as actually doing something, setting down on paper, starting to dig deep. You know, we've been making these conclusions in our minds. And yes, isn't it lovely to do something physical, you know, something physical to take step three, to do it on your knees, to do it with someone, you know, to take some ritual action, some, some physical action. But this next step is going to be some vigorous, action, some very vigorous action. And if you have the willingness to do it, this is what I've seen. You know, I can't make anyone want to do this. And that's the one thing I cannot give someone is the willingness to do this. But when people have that willingness and they embark on this, on this next vigorous action, there's no stopping them. There's no stopping them. If you're anything like me, I had gotten to that point where I was so desperate, so desperate, and had tried so many times by my own will to get this job done and couldn't do it, that I was willing, that I was willing to be launched on that course of vigorous action. And a personal house cleaning, ooh, that it, 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 it made me quake in my shoes, I'll be very honest with you. Because I, too, like Katie had just said, there were things I was going to take to my grave, things that I was never going to tell anyone. But I learned that those were the things that blocked me from the sunlight of the Spirit, that blocked me from finding that pace of peace and calm in my heart and opening my heart. It blocked me. It blocked me. And even though I'd made that decision, it could have... It was a vital and crucial step. It could have little permanent effect, it says, unless at once followed by the strenuous effort to face and be rid of those things that had been blocking us. And it was going to mean that I was going to have to do some work here to look at myself. But I didn't have to do it alone. I didn't have to do it alone. I had a fellowship of people. I had tools of the program that I could keep supporting myself with, using everything possible to support myself as I did this work, as I did this work. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Haya. Leia. Monica. Haya. Let's start with Haya and Leia, and then I'll get to more people. Thank you. Go ahead, Haya. Thank you. Hi, everybody. This is Chaya, Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Dallas, Texas. Yay. I'm back in Dallas, Texas. Um, you know, I love the, I just want to pay attention here to um, the paragraph of the third step prayer and then the very next paragraph. Um, 
something that I noticed in the big book is that the only time that they tell us to stop and like don't do something is once we're on this path of action is after the is between the fifth step and the sixth step they say now we go home for an hour um, and then in step 11 I think I said this yesterday they tell us to pause when agitated or doubtful otherwise there's no um, there's no stop you know so the third step prayer at once followed by action so it's it's you know in my experience it's that third step prayer, usually worded as it is in the book, this feeling of, okay, we made this decision, and then, you know, okay, and then we read on to the next paragraph, because unless it's followed up by that action, it's really just a decision. Um, and next, we, you know, we went into a vigorous course of action. And, you know, they're, they're going to tell us in the next few paragraphs, they're going to compare it to, you know, like a business. And um, I'm just sharing, you know, that you know that a business when they're in, have you ever been to a business when they're in inventory when they're taking inventory, you know, it's it's pretty messy. Um, it's not that easy to shop there. It's not the ideal. It's not really their stellar <laughs> uh, experience. And um, and so we want to get that done quickly and efficiently. Very often it's done at night, so um, so that people you know they can get it done. And um, you know that next we launched into a vigorous strenuous course of action, the first of which is the personal house cleaning. And we try to get that done. And then it, you know, we go on and, and read you know, the instructions to that personal inventory. So I just want to make um, you know, my, you know, my experience is that that decision um, needs to be immediately followed up with the next paragraph and, um, and following the instructions um, that follow so that that decision can actually be um, Followed up, you know, with you know, if I if I did it without conviction, without reservation, I'm saying, okay, I'm ready to do this action, and I'm I'm just so grateful to anyone who's new, or anyone who's been in a way for years like me, who whether you you're in a large body and you can't get small, or you're like me, you were in a thin body, but inside you just did not feel recovered. You know, the answers are in this big book. This is where the program of recovery is, and we're about to tell you. We're telling you now the precise instructions on how to um, get recovered. Very exciting stuff. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Haya. And go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. Yes, it is exciting. Unfortunately, a lot of people run for the door at this point. Next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us have never attempted. Um, you know, obviously, you get the sense of the rapid pace here. Why are we on it? Why are they talking about launching, which means to propel or to throw oneself, to hurl out on a vigorous, an energetic, a uh, forceful uh, action that we're taking? Why? Why all the rush? Well, we're on a race against time. You know, we're on a race with our mind. Can we get recovery before our mind convinces us to eat? <laughs> That's essentially the race we're on. Can we get recovery? Can we move through these steps quickly and thoroughly before our mind convinces us to pick up that first bite? You know, because every day that we procrastinate and every day we put off this step, Step four, it's another day of living restless, irritable, and discontent. It's another day that we're filled with the resentment and the fear and the guilt and the shame and the remorse. It's another day we don't feel good. And our mind is going to feel bad for just so long, like holding one's breath underwater, before we start thinking and seeking relief before we start seeking that sense of ease and comfort we get when we take just a few bites. So that is what the big book here is impressing upon us. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, we just made a decision. But a decision without action that follows it is basically and essentially worthless. It's, it's like we never made a decision at all. So though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once, again, the pace, at once followed by a strenuous effort to face 
and to be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Why is it so important to be rid of the things that are blocking me? Well, because those instinctual drives that we have that have, that are, have gone overboard are blocking the power from coming into our lives. So now step four comes along and enables us to find those things which are blocking us off from carrying out the decision we just made in step three. So notice the pace. It's, you know, how free do you want to be? Here we go. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. And who else wanted to share, if you'll help me, please? Monica. Go ahead, Monica. Good morning, Janice. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And the the very first word of this paragraph is the word next. And I was told to circle that word and to look it up immediately following, to launch, to move forward quickly, like has already been said, out on a course of vigorous action, you know, forceful, um, strenuous action. This is the first step of a personal house cleaning we're coming up now. So I was instructed to have a notebook and a pencil and uh, my candle when we did the third step prayer together on our knees with my sponsor and um, we read a little bit further and immediately immediately following this she said okay now you're going to put your pen to paper here your pencil to paper so next immediately following so I've made a decision with that third step prayer and now immediately I'm going to start action here and with that I pass Thank you, Monica. Anyone else would like to share on this paragraph? All right, then we'll close here for Hi, today. Good morning, Leah. Go ahead, Leah. Go ahead, Leah. Go ahead, Leah. Press star one to unmute. Oh, I'm sorry, Janice. I thought I was unmuted. I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, good morning. This is Leah Compulsive over here from New York. I heard so many good things this morning, and it so um, confirmed what I heard at a face-to-face meeting last night. And that is that it, the fear of doing step four has blocked so many people, including myself, and some of my sponsees have all fallen away when it comes to time to do step four. Um, yet, um, what I wanted to say was that for me, finally, when I finally forced myself to sit down and do step four, and I kept praying through it that I should be honest and humble and thorough, the process of doing it was so healing, and then the process of step five of giving it over to my sponsor was so freeing that I can't imagine ever going back to that old place where I was before. And um, yes, it says it's immediate and it should be done immediately. Some of us can and some of us can't. But once we do get it done, at least for me, it was a very, very freeing and healing process that um, I thank God today I can continue and now that I'm doing the steps again in a fellowship with a new sponsor and I came to resentments and fears and I couldn't come up with any. And it was huge to see the growth that I have made in these few years since I've come into these rooms. And I thank everyone who's been there for me and with me in it so that I could continue to live these steps one day at a time and continue to stay as many prayers as I need to each day as I go through the day. And with that, I will pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Leah. Well, we're going to close here today, and I want to thank everyone who shared today. Thank you, thank you to uh, Diane for reading the 12 steps and Sharon for reading the traditions and 
for the readers, Kathy Kay, Katie, Penny C, and Irini, and then for everybody who shared. Thank you so much for your message of hope and recovery today. And now um, we will close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And uh, Penny C, could you read that for us? Yes, good morning. It's Penny C. Recovered in Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.